What's up, guys? You tuned into Rounding Radio. It's a beautiful, sunny Tuesday morning out there. And I just finished coaching a few morning classes. Epic, epic adventure, as always. And uh, we had some benching this morning. Oh, we got a serious pump on. A lot of deadlifts yesterday, a lot of personal bests across the crew, a lot of one rep maxes being hit after a couple of weeks of five reps and three reps. And then we hit the ones yesterday and they were heavy. The guys were smashing it. So let me, without further ado, enter with our programmer's music from YouTube just to give a little bit of a uh, bit of drama here. So three, two, one. Boom. We are here. We are out. Okay, so today, a couple of different kind of, this is going to meander a little bit, and I'll be touching on some personal stuff, really, in an effort to kind of, I suppose, define the message that I'm, I'm looking to get through in this podcast, and I suppose, actually, realistically, through Ronin CrossFit in general, and through my business and my life and my journey in fitness so far. So where this kind of thought train started over the last while was defining my niche so it's 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 something that seems like quite important to do uh, in, in the business of crossfit or fitness people kind of latch on to a particular niche and it's like oh you know we're the fat loss gym or maybe we're the coaching gym or this is the community spot to go to or whatever so they kind of they take an aspect of their business and they will really kind of highlight that in their marketing and i suppose in the maybe even in the decoration of the gym and in their message that they they get across to their clients day to day and you know I've always I've always known about this idea and really for a long time I think I've kind of tried to push community inadvertently um as as one of the, if not our biggest strength and it was kind of our biggest strength and in some ways it still is but the problem with community or the idea of community is it's it's very changeable like you know you do keep a lot of your members retention member retention is one of our big goals keeping all of our members or as many as we can but that said the community of Ronin or the community that I started with a long, long time ago, it was a very different bunch of people. And we we started in a much more of a tribal sort of um, application. Like, I mean, we got together slinging sandbags out in the park, um, ice and snow. And it was very much, it wasn't even about money. There was no money involved. And we were just doing it because we were doing it. And we loved it. And that was it. And that developed into the gym. I won't even say the business yet because it wasn't even a business at that stage. Um, it took a long time for it to develop into an actual business, but um, community was it was just it was a, it was a group of friends. It was a strong group of maybe 10, 15, 20 friends who actually my first our first uh, big group of members at Ronan was actually all either friends of friends, cousins, neighbors. It was a really, really close group. And it's really kind of over the last few years I've looked back and, you know, obviously I was I was involved with my partner at the time my partner that we started the business with was Jody we were best of friends everything was kind of we were very everything was locked in together and all of our his brother any anyone that was kind of associated around us was kind of in there so it was much more it was much easier to kind of coin that as community because we literally did do everything any of the gym events it was 100% attendance anytime we go out to other gyms it was either 100 or like 90% attendance and it was it was kind of it was the definition of community really and that you know over the years has changed because People nowadays, when I organize a gym barbecue or whatever, they've got family. They know me. They, they, you, you know, hopefully you like spending time with the members and me and hanging out and stuff. But generally, on your list of priority priorities, when you're super busy, the gym party might drop down a little bit. Um, so 
community has been kind of become maybe just a little bit harder to kind of for me to fully believe in that as a niche. So when I kind of think about it and filter it down to what I think maybe the niche or my niche, my personal niche in this business is, I have to say I believe it's around mindset and the ability to kind of become more mentally strong through fitness and that's that's what I really believe in you know I could go down the road of like oh we're very professional we're educated and stuff like as far as I know I'm probably one of the most educated CrossFit coaches in the country now at the level I'm at and you know that is a cool thing to coin and it would be like oh you know this is the real scientific gym and all but it's not really powerful enough for me I think everybody's running a good fitness service and a good workout service but I don't really know how many people are are zoning in as much as they can on the mental side of things so in this, I'm trying to really just narrow down as to kind of where where that's come from and where how I can perhaps think that I can get that through because it's not something that you can do every day. Oh, this is a mental game. You've got to be strong. You've got to be strong. You know, you can say things over and over again, but really a big part of this podcast, I suppose, was getting members, giving members the chance to get to know me a little bit better and what we're about and then maybe anyone else that's kind of interested in the gym and could spend a few minutes in their car listening to some random guy talking about CrossFit. So with the, the idea of mental toughness and what, what it takes to become tough, as I say, mentally tough, and I have personal experience with that. And when I was growing up, school days, ages, primary school to secondary school and all that, I was bullied badly, like bad bullying around the area that I'm from, in school, outside school, uh, recreation, weekends, all that stuff. I was, I was targeted by little gangs of people from particular areas and there was there was times where like you know by the age of 10 12 you know i'd say i've probably ran like full adrenaline pumped ran for my life oh man i i lost i'd lost count of times i've been kicked around the ground i've been beaten many many times and um it's not nice it's not nice for a kid growing up and it's very it's very demoralizing you know it affects your your relationships your confidence every sort of social circle that you try and break into and all that it's it's a little bit kind of harder i suppose because you've had that experience you know so growing up when i got to the ages of like 17 and 18 and stuff i had to try and kind of take those lessons and learn from them and um i got into martial arts i got into ninjutsu and i took it on like i take on everything else these days i took it on 110 percent like all day every day I lived in the gym. I lived in the dojo. I eat, breathe, sleep ninjutsu. I bought my own blade. It came from Japan. I was, I was, I was using swords uh, way before a, a, a martial artist or a ninjutsu practitioner was supposed to use a live blade. Um, I used it like to to get. It was actually to to have the uh, ability to use that sword my kind of penance so not punishment but say let me say to, to gain respect for the blade my sensei would say i have to complete a thousand cuts so i'd have to sit down in seiza on your knees on a wooden floor which was quite uncomfortable anyway and grab a wooden bowcan so it was a wooden training sword and complete a thousand cuts where you lock it over your back and swing it forward like a, like a cutting motion so all in every photograph you have of me back then you could see i was looking at some uh photos of me when i was 18 and stuff at different events and the front two knuckles uh of both hands were completely worn away with like bloody cuts and that was all from push-ups on your knuckles push-ups on your two front knuckles all day every day i absolutely beasted it as much as i could through that training and yeah you know okay i just fell in love with it first of all but there was definitely that awakening of you know i was pushed around a lot 
and now I'm not going to be pushed around by anyone again anymore. And it was very empowering. And there was a point of at 18, 19, 20 growing up. And, you know, even from then, I never really ever felt again that anyone could take me down. They could they could try, but they were definitely going to get a serious, serious hard time from me. So from that transition, I ended up in the military, in the Irish military. And, you know, it's the most like kind of like masculine, that type of environment, I suppose. Probably this might have been a part to do with it where, you know, you kind of, maybe you're drawn to jobs that would kind of in some ways i don't know like define you as like oh you've got a uniform you're like you're like the the textbook kind of badass type of character and stuff which you know it turned out not to be anything like that at all but the the kind of the, the path that my life was taking it was very much kind of searching out positions and places in my life where i, I could be somebody who was uh, maybe a force to be reckoned with and um you know in some ways not end up on the ground again or, or, or and not get chased and not run away run for my life so from those experiences now in the army itself it ended up being you know i spent 11 years there it was a very mixed experience i've i've I went to some of the the darkest physical places that i've ever been to and they were the times that i loved in recruit training and training i did special forces selection and all that type of stuff and you know they were some of the best times of my life i absolutely loved them and um, there was also some of the worst times in my life I experienced a lot of bullying in there as well and from some respects i tried to find leaders and mentors in there and there were very very few and far between i think i, I could probably name one who was a very inspirational leader and he only went live there a couple of weeks ago with a big scathing article on the base the disappointment of the irish defense forces Um, so you know that's i suppose that's a whole other podcast in itself but what it has kind of led on to, again, in, in CrossFit, this kind of extreme, when, when I took it on, it was a really extreme setup, a really extreme slamming weights around, tops off, real just like fitness. It was like, yeah, we're so fit. And then after a while of doing that myself, it was kind of sharing it with other people. And then everybody else came and anybody, any shapes and sizes wanted to do it and use lighter weights and sandbags. And everybody was progressing, progressing, progressing. And it became this kind of environment of where, people that had not been in any way used to hardship or, you know, crossing this threshold, this pain threshold that they never would have even dreamed of touching upon. They were now doing that in a CrossFit setting. At, at that time, it was like in the parks with sandbags and stuff like that. But it very quickly became to me, it was, it was an avenue that I could tap into this particular uh, mindset struggle and mindset battle for people and and that was that was a really powerful switch for me was to, to kind of like i mean i could have potentially tried to do martial arts as a career at one stage that would have been maybe something that i was kind of thinking of doing but you know it, it does happen now because mixed martial arts mma and stuff and the success of ufc but definitely not being a full-time ninja with swords and stuff don't think that's a real thing or maybe it is i don't know but i just don't know them but getting into the the gym side of things and that then all the way through since maybe 10 years ago now i've always believed that the mind is just so much more powerful than you might actually give it the respect of like you know sometimes if i, if I go down the road of talking about mental training or the mind some people are kind of they'll switch off a little bit and they're like yeah go train go hard that's it go the rest of the day is kind of it is what it is but it's actually not like the the the, the mental application that you give to your training whether it's 100 percent in the gym or whatever it is that same strength that same mental focus that same drive that same hunger that same want to push through all of the temptations and weaknesses in life has to 
transcend from the gym out like it does it hugely for a lot of people it does start in the gym it does foster itself in the gym and kind of and multiply and breed in the gym with those other groups of people that are prepared to push 110 percent to you but then it's up to you personally how much you're going to let that spawn out into your life and how you how you're going to let that kind of cross into your career your dealings with families your 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 general overall mental mindset where you you're going to be phased by a lot less you're going to be able to make these tougher decisions around nutrition around sleep around all these things because essentially you've become disciplined you've you've tapped into a level of mental strength and application that you never really knew you had and that's the type of stuff that just excites me so much more so than this performance science side of it, which I have covered, more so than the snatch, more so than whether we're doing up down or snatch Sundays and some people are complaining or whatever. It's it's all it's this environment, it's this four walls where it's it's a game of how mentally tough can you become in this session and how, what lessons can you take from this journey, from this week, from this month, from this overall year of success and failures, and bring them into your daily life. And that like to me, that's really what drives me. And I suppose if you're looking at trying to communicate the niche or my niche or the niche of Ronan, it will be what motivates me most about it. And this side of it is huge. What kind of tools we use to kind of try and instill these type of things? Like I had a conversation with somebody this morning and um, I'll touch on that again, actually. But it was it was about wins. It was about winning. Like we're trying to get you to win. I want to see you have a little struggle, whatever it is, whether it's a wall walk, a snatch, a box jump, it's that 32, whatever whatever it is that you don't think you can do, I want to, we as the coaching team, we want to make you do that. And that is a very powerful thing to be able to give people. It might not might be the only time in, in the day or in your day that you get that challenge and that chance to make that success. Definitely pushing at the right time at the wrong time, like screaming, like yesterday, I'll, I'll give an overall group 110% drive. Go, go, go. Don't stop. There's two minutes in the clock. Do not stop. Push 110%. You've got heart rate monitors on. I want to see red, all of that stuff. And then, you know, targeting the person in the group who's maybe, I can tell, is just having a little bit of a rough one or a tough day or the workout's a little bit overwhelming for them and finding the, the, the very specific balance of when to support and when to kind of push people in in both those individual relationships and in a class environment, and you know, supporting somebody into a dark place, giving them the power to go one hundred and ten percent, and then supporting them out. At is is that like, do you feel okay? How was that? That was awesome, cool. And um, you know, again, it's just a workout, but is it is it really? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. And. Um, I will probably look at wrapping this up soon because I'm not sure if 15 minutes is going to be too long. But look, I'm here. It's my podcast. I'll do what I want. I'm going to get finished in the next few minutes. But uh, definitely education, educating everybody, a client, to, to then maybe inspire them to go and do more for themselves. Like, you know, the wall walk. This is the conversation I had with Natasha this morning. It was like, you know, she's I've been to so many gyms before where they'll kill you. It's like, oh, yeah, you killed me. Oh, we, we got killed. We had a killer session. It was intensity. Cool, cool, cool. It's like the hit program and all. But did you get any wins? Did you learn anything? Was there any point where you stopped for a minute and stopped and, and st- stood back and looked and goes, holy shit. If you had asked me two months ago if I could do this particular thing, I would have not have in any way, shape, or form believed in myself to do it. And now we've created belief. Now we follow through on that belief and create that consistent sort of pattern of success all the way through. So hearing that from another client is it's music to my ears because that's what we're trying to do. And um, last thing is another one of one of the ways I try and look at it in both in the gym and out is embracing the challenges 
and then reframing them. And I, I definitely present my workouts a lot like this. You'll see, right, guys, we have got an excellent opportunity now to get deep into this one rep max deadlift. This is going to be, we're going into a tunnel of doubt or belief or whatever. I'm looking at this as an opportunity. It's not just a lift. We're not just coming in, okay, we're going to lift as heavy as you can, three, two, one, go. No, it's a huge, huge opportunity. The same with a big, filthy workout. The same way missing your flight. The same way the stormy weather is coming and you have to get into the sea for 24 minutes because you're doing a stupid month-long challenge and you're freezing. All of those things, if you can reframe them slightly, become opportunities. And you, that, again, can start in the gym. You can transmit, transition that over to your career, to your personal life, all that stuff. I'm going to finish out with a nice little quote I picked up on a while ago. Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. And our actions dictate our destiny. And, you know, I'll leave it with you guys. If you like this, I'm going to send it out by email to the members. Let me know what you think. I'm going to put it on the Facebook page. If you like what I'm saying, give me a click. Give me a link. I don't, Sorry, I don't even want you to share it. I've told people before, I'm not looking for a 1,000 followers. I'm looking for the 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 people that are in my circle, that are sniffing around the gym, that are in the gym already. I want the people that are in the gym to believe even more in what we're doing. And I want the people that are on the outskirts to feel like they are ready to cross that barrier to come into the gym because you are 110%. I'm ready to embrace your journey for success all the way through. So yeah, guys, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day. And I hope that wasn't too much of a little rant for you, but I suppose that gives you a little bit of a history and an insight into me, who I am and what I'm trying to do with this whole Ronin thing. So yeah, have a beautiful day. Peace out. And thank you so much for listening for 17 minutes and 45 seconds.